Hello, thank you so much for clicking on this video today. I really appreciate it. This is the Cardano Aura podcast. I bring anybody that is adding value to the Cardano blockchain on this podcast and Empower, who we have on today, I'm really excited about their project. You know, it, they're using Cardano, you know, for what Cardano was made for, and that is to bring real value to this world and real change to this world. And they're actually a Fund 5 participant. So if you guys want to vote yes for Empower, uh, the link for that will be down below, and obviously you'll have to do that in the Project Catalyst app. But I really enjoyed the podcast, so if you do too, make sure you click that like button, leave a comment down below, and tell me what you think. Uh, we got a lot of good podcasts coming soon, so uh, next Wednesday, we're going to have Dan from Crypto Capital Venture on. Uh, we're going to have Sebastian on soon. We, we have a lot of great podcasts lining up, so make sure you guys have the notification bell on, because I'm telling you, there's going to be some bangers soon. Um, also, if you want to support the channel, other than just liking and commenting, um, delegate to Bloom. We have Bloom through Bloom 6. We actually minted the eighth ever block on top of the Cardano blockchain. So we've been here from the beginning and we'll be here till your end because Cardano will live past us all. Uh, and you also earn Bloom tokens on top of your ADA staking rewards and not in exchange for. So if you're interested in supporting the channel, making some kick-ass returns, just delegates any of the bloom pools, but let's jump into the podcast today. I also wanted to do a disclaimer, like I do in all my podcasts. Um, you know, I truly believe that ninety to ninety-five percent of these projects that are building on Cardano uh, will fail, and that's not because these projects are awful. Um, that's just usually the failure rate for most businesses. You know, so before you invest an amount, you know, we don't offer financial advice here, but you know, one thing I can say that has helped me personally is to never invest an amount that I'm more than an amount that I'm willing to lose, you know, so be careful out there um, and, and be safe, you know. Hello, thank you guys so much for clicking on this podcast today. I really appreciate it. Today, we have Empower. We have Glenn from Empower and we're going to talk about, you know, how Empower can add real value to the world using the Cardano blockchain. Uh, me personally, I'm always very excited about projects that are using the Cardano blockchain to bring, you know, real value to the world um, and not just, you know, to, so Ethereum, for example, you know, the DeFi kind of reminds me it's, it's moving tech along, but a lot of it just seems like phony numbers and, you know, falsity. Whereas, you know, projects that are doing things in the real world, you know, do bring a lot of value. So today I have Glenn from Empower. Hello, Big Bay. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Sorry, just got a frog in my throat there. Good oh, no to see worries. you. Yeah, I actually have um, one of my my last teeth coming in right now. So if I sound a little weird today from making some weird motions with my <laughs> mouth, it's because it hurts when I talk. But I'm still excited to <laughs> do the, this podcast today. And the painkillers haven't kicked in yet. Yeah, no, not yet, <laughs> unfortunately. But, um, but to start off, can you inter introduce yourself to us? Sure. My name is Glenn Jordan. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Empower. And as you said in the introduction, I think we're very excited about the real application of this technology for a very real problem. Um, a lot of our team has been experiencing this problem on the ground on a day-to-day -day basis, and we see this opportunity, uh, this technology as a really fantastic opportunity to introduce fundamental change. I agree completely. So... You know, what is the problem? You know, let's first start off with the problem that Empower is trying to solve. Sure. Um, in Africa, there are about a billion people who don't have a permanent home over their head. 
permanent roof over their head. And that comes about, everybody assumes that that comes about through poverty. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's not. It's actually through the financial systems that don't work. Um, it's actually a structural issue around the financial systems. So how is it a, a structural issue around the financial systems? You know, um... uh, there's just a, from the, Africa has a lack of infrastructure, as we know. And because of that, there's also a lack of skills. So it becomes a, a vicious cycle, particularly, particularly in the housing space. So there's no, there's no supply of funding. Therefore, there's no demand. Therefore, there's no supply. And that, so the cycle goes down. Um, and there's just this perception around Africa. So, you know, whether there's a project, if it's external funding, as soon as it's an African project, there's a significant price that you pay. So there's add, add of cost of capital. And there's a lack of local capital. So effectively, the cost of capital for any project becomes extremely high, which is not valid based on the risk of the project. Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, that's a problem that, you know, Charles actually identified, um, you know, in the creation of Cardano is the fact that, you know, for any, anybody in these third world countries to get funding, it's much, much higher than it is in, you know, first world countries. Exactly. And that's exactly it. And that's why we're so excited to find like-minded people. You know, when I came across, I'm a noob to the, uh, to the Cardano space. And when I just came across it, I was just so excited because it was exactly that. Somebody knows and understands, you know, felt sometimes it felt like I was speaking when I heard Charles speak. Yeah. So, you know, I personally am not very cultured. You know, what are some key problems that Westerners get wrong about Africa? I think the biggest one is that it's that it's the poverty that is driving the you know the lack of development and infrastructure, and it's not. It's it really is the lack of systems and the lack of opportunity. So as soon as we can start to address that, the the better. And one of the big issues is that traditionally things have happened through centralized means. So for example, in the housing space, it's all about big projects. So it's big you know big projects. And when they, where they're big projects, there's big opportunity for, for mismanagement and corruption. And that's one of the biggest challenges. So, again, that's one of our exciting, why we're so excited, because when we can start to get the right funding to the people on the ground without having to go through these big organizations, the better we are going to be able to make a real impact. So do you feel that people throughout history have just thrown money at Africa and expected that to fix the problem? And really, it's the efficiency of the capital that is the problem and not the amount of capital? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You know, so much money is thrown at it in aid. And, and, and I'm not saying that it's all bad. Obviously, there's obviously good stuff that happens. But a lot of the time, that's, that's one of the reasons why the levels of corruption are so high, because in trying to help, often the, the system is perpetuated. So it becomes extremely difficult for the money actually to flow to where it's supposed to go and to deliver on the ground what it's supposed to deliver. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And um, you guys are actually in... So right now, if you guys don't know, voting has just started today for Fun 5. And um, I'm, I'm honestly really excited about Fun 5. Um, there are a lot of great projects and Empower is actually one of the projects that is looking for funding in Fund 5. Um, can you explain a little bit more uh, about your proposal for Fund 5 and you know, maybe your future proposal as well? Like, Is this just the one and done, or is this like the start to 
you know, funding and power because projects like Liquid, for example, you know, come back multiple times for different things. So, you know, what, what are you looking to get out of the, you know, the first fund and will you come back? So, yeah, to answer the, the, what we're intending to get out of this is we want to prove, you know, effectively from a technology perspective, we can manage that. But the real world applications, as you know, are more challenging because they entail real world implementation on the ground. So what we wanted to do with the, to the Kadana community was prove that we have that capability, that we can integrate these two worlds, the real world of, of um, delivery of housing on the ground, affordable housing, integrated to the technology as we go. So our project is, is uh, for Fund 5 is specifically to look at two aspects. One is affordable housing. The second is the environmental aspect of affordable housing. So with a backlog of 50 million homes, we've got a serious challenge if we start to deliver using traditional building methodologies and technologies because we're going to have an environmental impact. So what we want to do to, the, um, to demonstrate to the uh, Kodana community is that we are pushing an environmental agenda. We are promoting an environmental agenda. with a So we are piloting an environmental build with an existing partner on the ground in Mozambique. So this Casa Real is a affordable housing um, service provider in Mozambique. They already deliver houses. And what we're doing is partnering with them in order to provide a new type of environmental build to demonstrate that we can do that, that the market will accept that, and then for us to demonstrate that when we put that in, we can get the flows back, because that's the key part of this process. While I saw on the uh, Kadana community... Uh, can you community, explain what you mean when you say flows back? Do you mean, you know, show that you can build the houses in an environmental-friendly way and then also have, you know, income given back to that, like from that? Precisely. Okay. Exactly. This is not charity. This is not charity. This is about sustainable investment and sustainable returns. And that's the key part around it. So very much so, that's part of it. So on the Kadana community uh, schedule, you know, released recently... I saw that we're under the social impact arm of Kadana, which is exactly right. But it's, it's very important to highlight that we're not a charity. This is not about charity. This is about enabling monies to flow on a sustainable basis that pr provide return on an ongoing basis. It's a key part around what we're doing. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Um, so is this the pre-platform housing development proof of concept? And, um, what so i'm i'm having trouble understanding you know or is it just a design you know for these environmentally friendly houses or is this like an actual you know houses being built on the ground if this proposal is funded two houses will be built on the ground on this proposal so we will be building two environmental houses two co2 negative houses actually hmm. so our whole intention is to you know carbon negative so we That's will be cool. building those. How are they yeah, carbon very cool. negative? How, how, how exactly. Exactly. So, so because it, it's utilizing um, wood and carbon capture um, products to, to build. So it's a whole environmental build. So that's the, what we want to test with the market, uh, in the market, because unfortunately what's happened is that there's a large perception around bricks and mortar. So we want to prove that we can do this in there. We want to prove to the Kadana community that we can deliver two houses on the ground. Well, not we, that our partners can deliver. Because a key part of our uh, proposal is that we work with people on the ground. We are not a, we're not a property developer. 
we assist property developers. That's our process. So effectively, exactly that. We're a platform to link developers to capital and enable those flows to happen so that we can really stimulate this entire market. Awesome. So, you know, let's say you guys get funded for Fund 5. You know, what, what's next after that? So our, our objective really with Fund 5 was to introduce ourselves to the community, for, for the community to see us and to, and to buy into the whole concept. This is, a, this is a, a very ambitious project. We know that. It's ambitious. We need the support of the community to take it and make it happen. That's a key part around what we're doing. So, as I said, we're, the, we're the, effectively with a ham in the sandwich. We're trying to position ourselves that we can use the technology to enable the flows. Um, and in order to do that, we want to get the people on the ground, the houses delivered, and people above, which is the Kadana community, to stimulate the money flows so that we can start to get the finance to go. So we're not anticipating. One of the reasons why we said we want to deliver actual houses, because one of the criticisms of the project on our you know, proposal was, we're a Kadana, we don't deliver houses. And we said, yes, but we want to demonstrate that we can deliver houses and fund them through the platform. So through the, through the technology, we can both fund and, as you highlighted, get the funds back, get returns back so that we can actually make it sustainable and do this on an ongoing basis. Yeah, your, your team so definitely has the, uh, the hard job in this scenario, you know, working on the ground and actually having them done with, you know, the bureaucracy and the jurisdictions in Africa, you know, whereas raising capital, especially through cryptocurrency when everything's crazy right now is, you know, kind of the easy aspect relative to well, being on the ground. Exactly. And that's what we wanted to prove, that we can do that. Because by doing that, what we do is demonstrate the model. And that's exactly the objective. Because we don't know all the ins and outs of the challenges of Mozambique. We don't know that. But Casa Real, who's on the ground, has been there, done that, has been through those processes, has got all the approvals, has got the building plans, you know, has done all of that legwork already. We need to empower them through that, exactly as you say, through that crypto technology and the crypto capital, we need to empower them to be able to do that so that we can enable this to, to happen. So your relationship with uh, Casa Real, how did that come about? And do you think it's going to be hard for you to you know, create and maintain relationships with you know, other developers and other jurisdictions throughout Africa? You know, like most communities, actually, most industries, you start to get to know players in the industry. I was involved in, in the industry in South Africa. And through that, I started to get connected to a number of players in Nigeria, Uganda, Kenya, Mozambique, and across the continent. And once you start to get to know a few of those players, you start to learn who are good players and who are bad players in this industry. And so we've partnered with Casa Real, who's, a, who's one of the great players, who's a well-known player, one of the great players on the ground. And, and that's part of our model is to start with people like that in order to build the trust. So initially, you'll see on our, on our white paper, you know, we've talked about approved suppliers. And so initially, we have to do that process to build that trust. But in the longer term, we've seen the platform being able to do that. Yeah. But to answer, sorry, to answer your question, do I see a challenge? No. There are a number of players around the continent who we can stimulate and promote as we go. So I think those, you know, they're waiting for us, not the other way around. Well, and it also makes sense, too, from, you know, 
a capital standpoint, you know, if you're providing someone capital to, you know, do a job, they're not going to have any exactly. quarrels with that. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's up to us to make sure that they, they, um, they are, they align with our, our intentions and I nearly said morals, but it's not morals. What's, uh, what's the word? Ethics. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for, that they align with the ethics because we want to make sure that it's attractive to capital without being extractive from people on the ground. That's the key part around what we're doing. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, a, a marketing campaign in your proposal as well, too. You know, what, what do you think the importance of uh, the marketing campaign is for the Empower project? It's key. It's absolutely and fundamentally key because it's around creating awareness around this opportunity. Many, just as we highlighted from the beginning, people assume that there isn't a market in Africa. We know, for those of us who've worked on the ground, we know that the market for affordable housing is almost unlimited. What it requires is affordable capital. If, we can prov- if you think of a mortgage rate in Zimbabwe as 45%, nobody can afford to buy a house, to borrow money for a house at 45%. But, and that's across the continent, those kinds of interest rates are not unusual, you know, from 25% up. So for us to be able to reduce the cost of that capital opens up a significant market, a significant opportunity. And that's what we're trying to emphasize to the Kadana community and beyond, that this is a, this is a business opportunity that where we, everybody can win. And that's the joy of this. The, everybody gains from this. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. Um... You know, one of my curiosities is what do you think about, you know, long term when blockchain actually is a reality in Africa and many other places and people in first world countries are offering, you know, you know, loans to the people of Africa at lower interest rates than 45 percent. You know, do you, how long do you think that is out? You know, and do you think that is going to compete with what you guys are offering? I, I think it's going to supplement what we're offering. And that's the joy. That's what we want. That's why we've called it Empower, because it's about empowering everybody to get that process underway. You know, Africa's waiting to boom. What it requires is this kind of technology to enable it to happen. And that's that's what we're excited about. So do you see a future where Empower is not only using, you know, their own, you know, capital allocation, but also using these protocols that are built on top of Cardano, you know, that are offering microfinance loans. And you guys are simply, you know, the, the people that are introducing, you know, these microfinance loans to the African communities using the decentralized protocols of the world. That's exactly our intention. And that's why we've called it the platform. That's exactly it. Is, is to, we, st- we want to stimulate that process and then we want to step back and let it go. Very cool. I like that. Um, so for fun five, you guys are also doing a limited NFT release and it states here that 50 limited edition NFTs will be minted and that all Cardano addresses that participate in fun five and vote for the grow Africa, grow Cardano challenge will be eligible for inclusion and a random draw to receive one of these NFTs. Yeah. So I really, that's just to give back to the, to, to the community because where we wanting to go to is this, that ultimately we're looking at NFTs to be able to stimulate this. So in other words, there'll be an NFT that is linked to a, a house on the ground. Around that NFT, we will be able to feed back the stories, the impact that it's made from an environmental perspective, from a, um, from a woman empowerment perspective, a key part of what we're doing, and from a financial perspective. 
So we want to be able to link that back to that. So we want we our intention is to start that process with the community from this fund. So the 50 NFTs, that's going to those will all represent the two houses that are being built initially. Exactly. There will be a portion of those two houses. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's very cool. So then as you guys, you know, continue down this path, you know, and, and build more houses, um, will there be NFTs for each of those houses? It will be it will be a proportion, a portion of those houses. Correct. So that's it. That's the intention. So we're looking at a number of ways of, of raising the funds for that for that. Um, but for those NFTs and how we do that. And, you know, obviously that's still up for discussion and still a process we've got to go through. But but that's the intention is that each NFT is a representation of a portion of a house or a portion of a project. So so, you know, there could be larger projects. It could be individual houses or it could be for if it's a big, bigger organization who wants to you know invest. It could be the entire project or the entire house. It's dependent on, on sort of quantum, really. Yeah, I, I personally don't have any quarrels uh, with the fact that you haven't you know, figured out the exact details as far as the NFT funding model, because what you're trying to do is so complicated. And when you come out with these ideas you know, to a wider community, I, I do think over time that's going to help you know, fine tune these ideas and find the best and most efficient model for your project. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to do. And that's why we're trying to get out there and for people to see us and to give us input. You know, that's exactly it. Does it work? We've got to, we, we're a startup and it's a typical startup. So we've got to, you know, probe, test, get feedback, change, change direction, see what works, see what sells, see what gets people motivated and pumped. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so can we talk about, you know, how is someone actually qualified, you know, in the future to, you know, receive one of these houses or receive the funding to have one of these houses built? Yeah, it's a great question. So, so how it works is the effectively what happens is the Casa Real, let's take Casa Real as an example. They already have people applying for housing. They already trying to find ways of selecting people. One of the biggest challenges, as you know, is, is information. So a lot of the income is informal. And if somebody doesn't have a bank account, how do I build a credit record? How do I know that? So part of this is at least what we call in lease to buy. So it's a lease process in which you, because if you try and do it as a mortgage, then there's commitments and there's all kinds of things which just don't tend not to work. So we're doing it on a, so Casa Real is doing it on a lease to buy process. So what, the, what they do is they tr- select potential candidates and then they prove themselves through the leasing process that they can afford it. And that's the how it, how it gets done. So the selection is really done on you know, a number of factors, but it's around local knowledge being key and local community knowledge being key. So it's about who comes and who, you know, it's, it's those kinds of things that are informal at the moment that we're wanting to try and systemize as we go. Yeah. And then as you, you know, do these projects, you'll fine tune that process. Um, exactly. So these first two houses, you know, the proof of concept, um, what in, in terms of relative to other houses in the area, you know, are these houses like and I don't know the class system in Africa, but, you know, in, in the United States, we have lower class, middle class and then upper class. Like are these houses are these really designed for people that, you know, are lower class or middle class? You know what? What value, you know, are these houses? 
Yeah, it's, it, it's also it's a very interesting question, and it's one of the, the interesting things. Traditionally, if you look around Africa and you look at, when, when we talk about it, just to give you an example, there's 600 mortgages in a population of 30 million people in Mozambique. Okay, 600. Yeah. Yeah, very small number. So, okay, it's a very small number. So you can imagine um, an, an entry-level kind of traditional house is dollars $60,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. So around that, which is why, and, and that is unaffordable for most people. So that means that actually in Africa, you tend to have what we call a, you know, an elite, which is, which is an upper class, and then a working class. And when, when we say working class in, in Africa, it means more working, literally, not as in, uh, you know, not as in, the, in our part of the world where working class means effectively the lower class. That's actually where working and there is an income. So it's the, um, and it's that market, which is the mass market, because everybody is working to survive, some with formal employment, not as many as we would like, you know, it's quite a few, but lots in the informal sector, and, you know, making do, making little businesses, doing that kind of stuff. So it's really around providing a, a, a method for those people to get into the financial markets. That's what the market that we're seeking to do. So part of what... Um, Part of what uh, Casa Real has done is try to is not try to has successfully brought down the, the cost of those houses. So from fifty thousand dollars, they're introducing an entry level house, which is just over ten thousand dollars now. And that's so even, our objective and that's even with the carbon negative, you know, material. No, no, that's the yeah. traditional build. Okay. So our intention now is with Fund Five is to demonstrate is to try and we we're doing it. It's more expensive. That's mm-hmm. why we, we've asked for more money. It's not a $10,000 house. How much but are we want to, What's the difference between, you know, the, the regular traditional builds and then the, the carbon negative? I'm curious about that. Well, because the carbon negative, it's actually quite difficult to, to, um, to get to a, a final figure at this stage because it's the first two. So it's the oh, pilot. Exactly. So that's the challenge. prices of materials so, is kind of... Exactly. And so we've got... The reason right we, now. <laughs> exactly. And with the reason we're doing two is because we need to fit two into a container. So it's one container for two, you know, but obviously once you start to get a bit of scale and you start to get, you, you can, we can fit more into a container, um, you know, once we can, which, which we can do, then the costs come down significantly. So that's part of what we're seeking to do is to get that. So our objective is to try and get as close to $10,000 for an environmentally friendly house as possible once we are over this pilot. But for the first part of the pilot, it's obviously more expensive because there's a whole bunch of work that's got to go on around it as in all pilots. So pushing forward to, let's talk about the value coming back to the people that, you know, support the project, because I think that's very interesting. Because like you mentioned earlier, you know, you emphasize that, you know, Empower is not a charity. And I do think it's important to emphasize that. And uh, I've noticed that, you know, companies that align with, you know, actually being able to provide profit back to the people that invest in them, uh, but are also doing real, you know, change in the world, will probably have a better outcome because it's not just people investing in it for, or not, or just giving to it. You know, people are investing and they're going to continually invest once they see that return, you know, causing an exponential growth. You know, um, how, you know, and, and obviously, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the project is new, but how do you guys see yourself you know, providing value back in, in a maybe centralized or decentralized way to the people that do support the Empower Project. And 
Yeah, thanks. Great question. It, it's actually, it's really in the margin, effectively, between the interest rates that people are paying right now. So if you think about a mortgage rate of 45%, and you think of somebody in, in our part of the world wanting to earn a return, between 45% and the 3 or 5% that they're earning right now, there's a margin that both can make, that both can benefit. So in other words, if we can bring the cost of capital down for that, for that house and we can increase the return for the, the capital, both win. And that's really what, where we see the opportunity. So our, our objective in the Casa Real example is to, to provide a lease to, lease to buy with a 10 or 12% return. So that's so an IRR of, of between 10 and 12%. So the object, that's the, that's the, you know, the direct uh, IRR on the money. Um, and so that's what we're seeking to achieve. That makes it attractive to an investor without being extractive from the person on the ground. And that's what we're seeking to achieve. Okay. I'm jumping back a little bit, but you know, with only 500 mortgages being available in Africa, with you know, developers like uh, Casse Real, and there only being 600 mortgages, wouldn't it make most, the most sense for them to target high net worth individuals or the, the elite class of Africa because that margin, because the total amount of money is so much higher uh, and there's such little mortgages in the first place? Like, wouldn't it make financial sense mostly for them to target the elite individuals other than, you know, the work? Well, you class? see, it's one of the, it's it's one of the things it's one of the reasons why why do people why are the mortgage rates so high? Because they can be mm -hmm. um, because it's that is the market. So part of what, what exact part of the research shows that just in Mozambique, if you can provide an affordable house, the market size there is about four million people. So there is potential between that 600, if you can reduce the cost of capital below 20% to, to make and make it affordable and provide the mechanisms like a lease to buy, the, target, the size of that market is 4 million people. So what we're saying is, is that the banks are addressing the elite already. That market exists. What we're seeking to do is, is to really find a mechanism to, to disrupt this market to grow into, into a slightly lower segment of the market, but where there is significant opportunity. So just in Mozambique, if there's 4 million people, which you know, creates a significant opportunity to create good returns on capital, as well as make a major difference to the lifestyle and living standards for people. Okay, okay. Um, I, on your, and I'm excited for the NFTs that are given out firstly, because, you know, your guys' artwork and website and white paper, it's all really well done. Um, Thank you. And in your white paper, you have uh, an image and I'm going to put that image on screen if you guys are watching this at home. Um, and this image really is the Empower platform, you know, how it all works together. Um, could you explain this image for us? Because, you know, me personally, I learn best from graphics along with an explanation. Sure. Sure. So, yeah, so, so we talk about in, in the Empower lexicon, we talk about above the line and below the line, like traditional advertising. But above the line is really capital. So we're looking at finding ways of getting capital into the system. And as you'll see from that, we talk about collectors. And the reason we've done that is because we're trying to stay away from the word investor. So we're trying to stay, 
and we're talking about collectors because we are looking at it as a mechanism of collecting cards that have attributes. One of those attributes is financial, but others, as, as I mentioned before, could be environmental, woman empowerment. So it's all, the, all related to the uh, millennium, to the um, development goals, um, as well as to just empowerment, empowerment points, sc- scores, which is what we're doing. So based on, we've seen it as almost being able to collect cards. So you can collect, so if you've got a particular area of interest, for example, the environment or woman or Mozambique or, you know, Kenya, you can collect different types of cards and those become tradable. So one of the things we're trying to do is, is to differentiate the value that we create in the, in the north, if you like, or the haves from the extraction of value from the have-nots or the south. And so that's a key part around what we're trying to do is maximize the value above the line. So on our diagram, to maximize that value, to make it really collect, to make collectibles. So you talk about the artwork. You should see some of the stuff we are working on. It's very exciting around the cards and what we're going to be doing with that. It's really, really interesting. So, so it's around creating value around that. But what those cards do is they, um, they earn EMPs. So the whole thing around it is that they earn the tokens that are generated through the platform. So when a collector buys the card, and part of what we're doing is we're not just seeking the crypto space, we're also seeking just people who don't even know that it's crypto underlying this, you know, just like a, a traditional gamer or, or anybody who collects for, for um, social purposes. So that's the part of the objective. Below the line is the delivery. Is those partners below the line who are required in order to make this happen. And the key part around that, as we talked about, is the approved supplier, as in the Fund 5 project, Casa Real, and or others, and then the tenants and property managers. So it's around how do we get the money back. And that's a key part around the, the proposal that we're saying for Fund 5 is, again, how do we get people into the system? They don't even have to know that it's crypto. They're just going to be paying their rent and we're going to be enabling that to happen so that it becomes, um, it starts to get them into the system and starts to generate rewards and starts to, to um, build a, a credit record. And that's the exciting part around what we're doing is because we want to basically build the community that it, it's not, it doesn't have to be, oh my God, I'm getting into crypto. It's actually a practical mechanism to be able to just get in. And as we go, we'll demonstrate the value of what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so for somebody that wants to, you know, purchase these empowerment cards, you know, what's the timeline for that? And also, what would that process look like from a user perspective? So, yeah, so the timeline is we, we're in, 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 obviously, we're hoping we get Fund 5 going, demonstrate that, and then we want to be getting out there and doing um, a token sale. So to get to raise some funds for us to start building this platform. Once we get that up and running, then we will start to start to deliver that in terms of what those collectibles will look like and how we can do that. Part of the thinking, is, we're also thinking um, potentially, and we've got a vote up on the, on the website now, is around um, a stake pool to, to per- perhaps set up a stake pool that can enable us to raise funds both for the platform and on an ongoing basis, perhaps the houses. So we're looking at that and exploring that at the moment. Um, and as I say, we're putting that out also to the community to see what their response is around that. 
So we'd really be great if some people could go to the website and let us know, give us some feedback on that. Yeah, I'll include the uh, link for that vote down below if you're interested. So Great, thanks. You mentioned doing a token sale, right? So we have yeah. really two types of tokens here. We have the empowerment cards, which are NFTs, and then we have the, uh, the EMP token, right? So Correct. When, if, you, if you end up doing the token sale model or, you know, the ISO, you know, having a stake pool, um, what token are people receiving for either purchasing the token or um, participating in, you know, the stake pools you mentioned? Are they receiving the EMP tokens or are they receiving the, you know, the cards that then pay them the EMP tokens? Yeah. So initially we will be uh, for the EMP tokens, the utility token to be part of the platform. But in the longer term, we're hoping, you know, because there'll be a limited, that's limited. Mm-hmm. That won't be an ongoing fundraise. That will be a limited fundraise in, for us to develop the platform. And then on an ongoing basis, it'll be the NFTs in order to fund the housing on an ongoing basis, which then when we sell the NFT, that purchases the EMPs to stimulate the project. That, and that's the process by which it goes. So there'll be ongoing demand for the EMP tokens through the development of housing projects. Okay. Okay. So explain that last part again for me. I didn't get it. So I see that you're saying that there's going to be an ongoing buying pressure from people purchasing the cars and then then inherently they purchase the EMP. So why do they purchase the EMP to, to, for the funding of the house or. So initially the EMP is to fund the platform and the utility. Yeah. So it's a utility token. So initially, that's to, for us to kickstart the platform. Yeah. So that's the, the, the token sale. On an ongoing basis, the NFTs will be purchasing the EMP tokens, as well as the rentals will flow back into EMP oh, tokens back onto okay. the cards. I understand it now. Okay. okay. So the, the NFTs will be purchasing the EFT tokens back, and then that's the buying pressure on them. It, it, exactly. It's, so it's a constant. There's a constant pressure, both from the from the NFT sales and the um, the tenants. You know, paying their rentals. So the flow's back. So, so there'll be a constant flow. So for the token sale, um, are you guys going to go after a model to where a lot of it is locked up in reserves, you know, to pay some of those back over time? Or are you guys looking to sell like a large per- percentage of the tokens over like up front, you know, for the funding of your project? Or will it only be like a small percentage and then the rest is kind of given over time to either, you know, your project or card holders or... So at the moment, we, we've allocated certain portions. The tokenomics is all on the website if you're interested in detail. But effectively, what we're trying to do is just do the raise, limited raise for the platform development initially. And then the major part of it is very much related to the ongoing processes around the um, housing projects, where the significant portion of that is. And if you look at that, the tokenomics is, you know, the size of the the size of the opportunity versus the, the um, release should put will be really, really interesting, creates a really interesting opportunity. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you think the key performance indicators are for your project? One of the things we're trying to demonstrate in Fund 5, can we deliver on the ground? Do we have relationships with partners on the ground? Because effectively what we're saying is, you know, the technology at the end of the day, it's NFT, smart contracts, that we're going to be able to develop and manage. That's internally manageable. So it's actually within our power to manage that. The greatest risk lies with the real world, with the delivery on the ground. Can we deliver that? So that's why we want to demonstrate that in Fund 5. 
yes, we can deliver that. We know that because we've worked in that space, but we need to prove that to the community. So then when we do that, by linking the technology to the practical implementation, that then kicks us off into a, into a, a really exciting growth path. Yeah, I would say that's um, as good as a KPI as you can get. You know, can it actually yeah. be done on the ground? Exactly. Well, and that at the end of Fund 5, you know, two houses built, delivered, visible. There's no, there's no quibbling that. You can't, we can't fake that. There's no, you know, there's, there it is. It either is or it isn't. It's, it's how it works. Yeah. That's, yeah, you can just look. It's, there, you look at it with a satellite. It's there. <laughs> exactly. <You know? laughs> exactly. There's, there's, no, there's no fudging that one. Yeah. So where do you see Empower in five years? As my dream, my absolute dream is, is to exactly what you were saying earlier. It's about, I want a thousand casserials on the ground. I want a thousand of these service delivery providers just building houses, putting people into houses on an ongoing basis. Just to give you a sense, if, if we, there's a backlog of 50 million houses, even if we did 500,000 a year, Okay, it would still take us 100 years to deliver the backlog. The scale of this challenge is so huge that we have to find ways of empowering people to just deliver it without in interference. And that's my dream, is that the platform enables that, that we can just get thousands of casserials delivering way more than 500,000 so that we can start to deliver this, you know, proper results in an environmentally friendly way, then we've then my dream has come true. Do you feel that you know the infrastructure that you guys you know will provide with this will change the trajectory of Africa in terms of poverty and in terms of quality of life? That's the really really exciting part. You know, I, I hate to sort of blow this out of proportion, but it's so significant that it really is because you're exactly right. Each house has the potential to create five jobs. If we can find a way of building that house, we're building jobs, we're building skills, we're building capabilities, and we're building improved living conditions and infrastructure. Can you imagine having COVID and sitting in a, living in a tin shack with five other people? And that's the reality of what people are living through right now in Africa. So it's really around improving living conditions and creating an economic benefit that it, it actually housing is one of the key elements of building wealth. And that's part of what we're seeking to achieve, which is why the empire It's really about financial empowerment. And you're using one of the greatest tools of the future to do so. That, that's, that's, that's why I say as a noob, when I discovered this, when I started realizing what could be done, with this technology, and then realizing that there's a whole community out there who've realized that Africa is the place to do it. Because so often, as an African, we feel like, oh, we're on our own here, you know, knocking on doors. It's like, guys, we need some, we're trying to get things going in Africa. It's like, oh, great, you know, it's, there's no money in Africa. We, you know, we're not going to look at that. Let's focus somewhere else. So for us to actually have a community that goes, this is where the opportunity lies. This is the technology that can make this fundamental difference. This is decentralization. We got so excited about this and so excited about the potential of fundamentally changing the trajectory of Africa and what we can do. Yeah, for, for me personally, you know, 
I always dreamt of it, you know, but I never thought so soon we'd be in a reality where, you know, real projects are using Cardano to make real change in the world. You know, your project and, and also World Mobile as well. You know, it's, it's yeah. a similar thing. You know, they're looking at an issue within, within Africa using the blockchain to, you know, allocate resources and provide infrastructure for them that, you know, will hopefully change the direct trajectory, you know, of Africa. And Absolutely. And creates wealth for the people on the ground. And, and mix those all together and what an impact that's that's and the momentum of that I think once it starts to build it'll become it'll become unstoppable then we people will say oh it was so obvious it'll be one of those things that go like oh it's so obvious you know everybody will be trying to pile in but but you know right now it feels like oh a bit of a you know we feel like pioneers you get the arrows in the yeah. back as you go you know and, and but, Gogan but... is two months away you know it's like where where will we be a year from now or two years from now? You know, exactly. It's incredible. Exactly. It's incredible. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Well, I think that's a great place to end it. Is there anything that you'd like to say before we log off for today? Uh, no, I think just really, really appreciate input from the community. So it's it's input and obviously voting would be great. We'd really appreciate the support in the catalyst proposal, but voting also on our website. We really want this is about making it work. And this is about, you know, there are no sacred cows. So we just want to find out what works. We want to get support. If anybody's interested from a technical, from a skills perspective, can add, we're open to that. This is a big project. There's, we need more people. We need more energy. We need more resources than we can ever, we can ever run out of. So, you know, whatever anybody can offer, we, we're really open to that. And we would, look, we would welcome it. Well, there's the call to action. For the folks watching this podcast today, uh, the first two links in the description down below will be to their idea scale uh, catalyst proposal. I guess I should say there'll be three links and then the Empower.io website. Uh, and then also the third link will be the vote on whether you would like to see, you know, an Empower pool. You know, do you think they should, you know, go that route uh, for funding or, you know, the, any of the other routes as well? But I appreciate you guys watching this podcast. If you made it all the way to the end, please type uh, Power or empower in the comment section down below. I'd appreciate that. That shows you made it till the end. And you know, thank you so much for Glenn coming on. And you know, thank you for, uh, you know, it's very inspiring what you guys are working on. So thank you. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks for your time. Much appreciated. See you guys. Cheers.